Hey, folks, I know there are lots of business owners who listen to this show. Maybe some of you never planned on running a business, but now here you are. One thing you've always got to keep in mind is how much you're spending on your operating costs. That's one of the first things we had to keep in mind with WTF. And with things costing more today than they did when we started, you want to keep your expenses down. To reduce costs and headaches, be smart and use NetSuite by Oracle, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. Reduce IT costs, cut the costs of maintaining multiple systems, improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash WTF for more. That's netsuite, N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E dot com slash WTF. All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fuck nicks? What's happening? I'm Mark Marin. This is my podcast, WTF. How are ya? How are ya? Huh? How are ya? That was annoying. What was that? Where did that come from? How are ya? Anyway, how's it going? You all right? You hanging in? Look, you know, folks, I know that you know, some days are a little heavier than others on this show lately in terms of this monologue, but Jesus, what do you want from me? I'm just a guy living in the world. I got If the world is coming through me in a certain way, I got to put it out there. I am recording this a couple of days before uh, it airs. So given the world we live in, I don't know. I don't know what's happened. And uh, I'm just letting you know that the world is on fire more than it is. Uh, and you're wondering why I didn't talk about it is it's probably happened after I record this. All right. You dig? We good. I do want to tell you a few things, get you up to speed on some shit about my life. Uh, they picked up Glow, the gorgeous ladies of wrestling show on Netflix that I'm in. Uh, they picked it up. Netflix is going to do another season. We start shooting in October. There's some news. So for those of you who like that show, it's coming back. And I'm going to challenge myself even deeper as an actor. That's my plan. And my guest today, Jennifer Jason Lee, uh, I'm going to pester her uh, for tips. A little bit. A little bit. All right. It just, I, I had to. She's a great actress. I was happy to have her here. She's in an amazing new movie called Good Time. And uh, I wanted to be uh, annoying. Yeah, that's what I that's what I set out to do. I wanted to annoy her for some wisdom, for some acting wisdom. Uh, what's been going on? What have I been putting in my head? Oh, this is some good news. The Lee Morgan doc that I talked about, I called him Morgan, is now on Netflix. If you want to learn about Lee Morgan, I'm, I'm sort of uh, still down that rabbit hole. Um, I'm mad that I can't see Kamasi Washington and Herbie Hancock at the Hollywood Bowl on the 23rd because I'll be uh, away. Um, what else? I watched the entire 10 part uh, documentary. I got a, a, of, I think I told you this, of Ken Burns and Lynn Novick's Vietnam uh, in preparation to talk to them. Uh, I did talk to them. You will be hearing that soon. And that blew my fucking mind uh, in a good way and in a fucking horrifying way. Oh, yeah. Mississippi Records, a label I had no idea anything about, sent me a care package. And there's some fucking amazing records in there. Um, there's a Jesse May Hemphill record, just fucking raw boogie ass blues. Like uh, John Lee Hooker style. Didn't know anything about her. 
lover. And then there's this beautiful record, Blind Owl Wilson, Alan Wilson, uh, the singer of a lot of Canned Heat stuff, the harp player and guitar player, one of the prime movers in the old Canned Heat band. This is an album of just his stuff. And uh, it's beautiful. And I'm watching movies. And I saw that. I just watched that movie, Good Time, that w- with my guest. In, you know, I've seen most of her movies, but this is the new one that she's in. It's a little part. What a fucking movie, man. Oh, I, wanted, I told you I'd read this. I'm going to read this. So some of you remember, if you listen to it, the dream I had about my house. There's a party going on at my house. Everyone's in costume but me, but I may be dressed as a younger me. I leave through the back door of my house. I walk down the hill. And there's a swampy, disgusting pond there, and I'm walking around it. And then out of the ground, I see a giant, fat, huge boa constrictor snake just come out of the ground and then enter the water. And then I walk along the side of it and through my neighbor's fence. And then there's a a, a, a freshwater sort of a, look like a irrigation ditch. And in it was, I believe, a dolphin and a seal. But I just remembered the dolphin. And I, the only thing I thought that was weird in the dream was like, what's that? why is there a seal and a dolphin here? So somebody, a woman named Arian, uh, sent me an email that says, your dream. Now, I and she went to, I, I think, a, a dream interpretation website. I used to go, I used to do a segment on the live radio where I'd have a, I'd, I'd interpret dreams, but I, I haven't been I haven't been doing that, but she did it for me. So it just says costume party. To dream that you're at a costume party suggests that you are trying to escape from demands of real life. You want to enjoy life and not worry about your daily responsibilities. And I imagine because it was a younger version of me, maybe I want to go back. I don't know. Pond. To see a pond in your dream represents tranquility. Huh. No, no, no. You need some more quiet time to yourself. It is a time to reflect on your situation and what is going on in your life. Okay. Alternatively, a pond suggests that you tend to keep your feelings contained and in check. You are an emotionally calm person. Ah, uh, nah. I'm going to go with option one on that one. But it's conditional because it's a swampy, muddy pond. Oh, here we go. To see muddy or dirty water in your dream indicates that you are wallowing in your negative emotions. Yes. You may need you you may need to take some time to cleanse your mind and find internal peace. Okay. Snake. To see a snake or be bitten by one in your dream signifies hidden fears and worries that are threatening you. Your dream may be alerting you to something in your waking life that you are not aware of or that has not yet surfaced. Yeah. If you dream that a snake is submerged in water, then it implies that you are unknowingly unknowingly letting your emotions influence aspects of your life. Uh-huh. Alternatively, it represents repressed sexual urges or hidden enjoyment of sex. Wow. I'm going to have to process what a hidden enjoyment of sex is. That sex you're ashamed of that you do by yourself alone watching. Oh, never mind. A seal. To see a seal in your dream refers to your playfulness and jovial disposition. Ah, Seals also symbolize prosperity, good luck, faithfulness, success, security and love, and spiritual understanding. I think I got maybe two of those. You have the ability to adapt to various emotional situations. Yes. I happen to dream of a seal and dark ocean water this week, too. Maybe it's something in the air, although I think it may just be a subconscious reflection of your sober anniversary, what you were, what you have become, and how you will continue to grow and the uncertainty of that to some extent. Thus, the contradiction of the symbolism in your dream. Anywho, have a great Tuesday. Thank you. Thank you, Arian. That was nice, and it was provocative, and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. 
I don't usually do these, but it's sort of a crapshoot what's going to uh, compel me to read it on the air. I come to you asking for help. Hey, my name is Brian, and I'm nobody in particular studying at SUNY Purchase in New York. I have a severe crush on this girl named Summer, and she has a birthday coming up on August 20. I know for a fact she's a big fan of the show and of you, so I'm hoping that if this message gets to you by some miracle, you could help me out somehow, maybe recording a video birthday wish or something. I don't even know what I'm asking for. No hard feelings if you just tell me to piss off, but it'd mean the world to me and to her. Thanks regardless, Brian. Okay, Brian. Well, piss off. And happy birthday, Summer. One other one, because this leads into something else. One year sober, subject line. Hey, Mark, I was coming up on a year of sobriety and I listened to your rant or prologue or monologue before the Lucas Brothers interview, and I can't tell you how cathartic it was to hear you just spell out exactly what I was feeling. I don't even know if I really identified what the fuck was going on with me, and then you just you just up and nailed it. This is definitely not the first time you helped me out. Your interview with James Taylor in particular gave me some hope and a game plan while I was still out there getting fucked up, which just goes to show you that you never know who's going to save your ass. And then I get out of rehab and you make a fucking hilarious season of Marin that felt like it was just for me. I mean, I can't even have these jokes with my closest friends, man. Anyway, I never write these sorts of things, but when you said that your sober date was the same as mine and that you write an email to the girl who helped you get sober, whether she's receptive to you or not, just like I just did, I figured I had to reach out to say thanks, man. Not just for me. And not just for this sober business, but thanks for helping us all stay a little saner in this insane world. You're welcome. You're welcome, buddy. Chris, you're welcome, Chris. And I did get a response from that email. It said, uh, um, if I want you to get in touch, I'll let you know. That stung, but I what what was I expecting? I'm like a, a fucking you know yearly stalker with the same fucking email. It's like I got to fucking check myself. You dig what I'm saying? Got to check myself. Jennifer Jason Lee. How great is she? Had a weird coincidence. Like I knew I was going to talk to her. I didn't know what I was going to talk to her about. I was nervous about it as usual. I'm watching TV the other night uh, before I talked to her. And uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High comes on. I see her as a young uh, woman. And then I watched And then two days before that, I watched her new movie, This Good Time. Holy shit. This fucking movie is crazy. It's crazy awesome, crazy. And I don't like using the word awesome, but I don't. I didn't come to it. It was sent to me as a link, as a screener. I knew nothing about it. I didn't know there was buzz on it. I didn't know that it was a con. I didn't know who the directors were. I didn't even know who the guy who was in it was. All I knew is she was in it, okay? And I watched it and I just couldn't, I couldn't believe it. Like it opens and you, I never knew what was gonna happen. It's basically a movie about a, a, a bungled crime that just keeps getting weirder and crazier. All right? You just you, and it's visceral. Like it brought to mind for me it brought to mind that movie Narc from a few years back and also uh um Gary Oldman's movie uh, Nil by Mouth. It's just raw, everything's sweaty, it's close up. It's just there's an intensity to the fucking movie and it just never stops moving and it's it's a crime movie but there's just a lot of heart in it. You just feel for these people in some weird way and the ending's beautiful and jennifer jason lee is amazing so i came to it with knowing nothing and i could not stop watching it i want to watch it again but now i'm gonna have to go to the movies like everybody else which is fine 
So the dude who was in it is this guy Pattinson. What's his name? Robert Pattinson. Is that his name? I told my friend Lynn I saw it, and she's like, "How is Robert Pattinson?" I don't. I didn't. I didn't know if he could pull something like that off or act. I'm like, "Who is he?" And she's like, "He's the guy from Twilight." I'm like, "I still don't know." So he was great. So there you go. But I did like even when I know I don't know. Even when someone tells me what I should know, I don't know. Anyway, I had a lovely conversation with Jennifer. And I'm going to share it with you right now. Uh, that new movie, Good Time, uh, is now playing in select theaters. And she's also in the new Netflix series, Atypical, which is streaming now. She's also in the new uh, Twin Peaks for some episodes. And she's been with me all my life, it feels like. So this is me talking to her the best I can. Sometimes I wish I paid more attention in school, or in some cases, any attention at all. There are probably a lot of things I could have gotten more out of, like literature, and now it's probably not in the cards to go back to school and study the classics. But luckily for us, there's a new podcast called The Foxed Page that dives deep into the best books of all time. This is basically like the best possible college English class, but more relaxed and fun. No pressure of grades or needing to prepare something to say in class. It's only the books you want to read and know about presented by best-selling author Kimberly Ford. Everything from Cormac McCarthy to Madame Bovary, from classics like Frankenstein to modern hits like Lessons in Chemistry. I love Ireland, but I missed the boat on James Joyce. The Fox Page has a three-part series on Dubliners, and that's a pretty great starting point. Want to get the most out of what you read? The Fox Page is for you. Get it now wherever you get Get your podcasts. Tough morning already? Already, yeah. Really? You wouldn't know it. I went swimming already, so that's good. I worked out already. You want to just take a nap? <laughs> yeah. I always want to take a nap, but I can't. I'm not a napper. You're not? No. I really envy people who can nap. I can, I can do it. I mean, like, I can't do it necessarily on purpose. Oh. Like, you know, sometimes it's just, <laughs> it's just sort of like, I guess this is happening. Just in the middle of the art yeah. interview, you might. Yeah, narcoleptic. Yeah. Just kind of, no, no, like, I'll lay down on the couch and just for a second, and then I'll be like, ugh, and it'll, it'll happen. That's great. Like, I don't, I, I can't plan it. You can't like, plan it. Like, I know people who can plan it. And they do it every day? Like Whenever they want. Nap time? They could do it twice a day if they wanted to. Mine are usually based on complete anxiety. Like I just... I, oh, you just shut down. Right. System shut down. Yeah, system yeah. shut down. And that, <laughs> that could happen at any time. <laughs> well, I really hope for you and, yeah. and, and for myself as well that it doesn't happen It's not going to happen during this. Right. Uh, uh, You're but, not uh, anxious right now. Uh, um, I mean, uh, not about this, about other, of course, all world things. Sure, but I, get, I I do get a little anxious, but I didn't, because I don't, like, you know, we don't know each other. I feel like I know you because, like, uh, I grew up with you somehow. I feel like I know you because I listen to a lot of your podcasts. Oh, good. So I know you somewhat. So you kind of do know me. Yeah. But I, I mean, but I don't know, like, I know you because, like, I feel like we grew up together and I, and, and I would watch you do things. Right. <laughs> but that wasn't really me, of course. No, I know. But, 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 yeah, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, like, there she is again. Yeah. Oh, she's like, that Oh, yeah, there's she's, Jenny. Yeah. yeah, now she's doing that lady. That's <laughs> well, crazy. Well, why is she doing that? <laughs> <laughs> Those are questions you ask yourself. <laughs> I, uh, it was funny. Uh, weird things happened. Like, I was, uh, I don't know why. The coincidence, but I just, I tuned in. I Fast Times was on, like, two nights ago. 
Mm-hmm. And I knew you were going to be here. And I'm like, I should watch this for a second. Oh, look at she's a little girl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's then, funny, right? Well, it's cool. I mean, because like you, you were good in that. And then, you, you know, you. it was a great movie. I, it, maybe it's a generational thing, but I think it still holds up. I think so, too. I haven't seen it, of course, for like 20 years. But, but if it comes on, do you like watch it? I don't. I'm not really a channel surfer. Oh, so I don't. It's the only way I do things. That's the only way to catch things. Right. And I don't. I Did just, you give it up? I'm you too, never I'm were. I'm too lazy to turn the TV on. I'm oh, really? I'm actually very lazy. <laughs> really? When I'm not working, I'm very lazy. Well, what do you, how do you watch stuff? I have to really make a point of it. Oh, really? Like, oh, yeah. I'm going to watch something now. You don't then, just sit and like, Bleh. I never, I've never, I, I don't really like the whole channel surfing thing. Right. It doesn't. It doesn't appeal to my sense of calm and like. Yeah, uh, yeah. Focus. Is, I got that for you, didn't I? Oh, nothing happened. No, that's oh, not. That's, that's someone else's. Here, let me okay, have I that. This I is yesterday's. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's uh, might be Alice Cooper's water. <laughs> I don't want that. <laughs> He's pretty healthy. I'm sure he is. I just, I. <laughs> yeah, you know. no, you don't want old water. I'm I, so, I like to know the person whose water I'm drinking. Sure, if from. you're sharing a water, yeah, you at just least be, uh, have met them. Not just not off the street. Yeah. Oh, there's a half a thing of water. I guess I'll drink it. Mm-hmm. So what do you well, what do you do when you're just like, sitting around? Nothing. You don't read? Oh, I love to read, yeah. Oh good. Yeah, I yeah. love to read. Have you be, have you read anything good lately? Well, I'm reading I love the um Saint Auburn Apples. Uh, <laughs> I just really so, garbled that. Garbled it. The as Saint Auburn as I'm drinking yeah, water. Take two. I'm doing yeah. uh, the Patrick Melrose novels. Did yeah. you read no, those? No, no. What are those? Okay, so they're by Edward St. Auburn. Yeah. And um, they're amazing. Yeah? Really, truly amazing. So you're one of those people that can like read for entertainment. Yeah, I can read for like my mom's an like eight-hour chunk right. of time. Yeah. And my mom will sometimes just read shitty books just because like, she likes to, to, to read them. Just likes the, to read. <laughs> yeah, no, well, the big novels that like are just like entertaining. But like for me, like someone's got to refer me to the fucking book. It's got to be a good book. Yeah, gotta, I want it to be know, a good book, too. It's got to be a I genius do. who wrote yeah, it. Yeah, you know, or else I like I'm, those, too. Right? Yeah. But my mom could just read garbage you get in the supermarket. You know, just kind of like... Uh, yeah, I can't really do that. Well, I don't know if it's garbage. I don't know if I couldn't do it, but yeah. I would rather not read than read garbage. I'd rather look at a beautiful magazine and look at pretty pictures of things I might want to buy someday. Yeah. You know, or yeah. look at pr- pictures of pretty houses do you, and things I, like that. Oh, pretty houses. Do you do do you look at real estate sites and stuff? No. no. But I mean like a magazine like a Oh yeah, yeah. Know, Architectural like digest or something. Or yeah, dwell. Like, yes. Dwell. dwell. <laughs> Let's go echo. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah. <laughs> and you like to look at stuff you might buy? I don't I, I have a problem. Like I, I don't I, do that so much. I mean, I do have a problem. I mean, like I can go on at a porte and do yeah. some damage or you right. Know. Yeah, those are dangerous. I mean, that's the danger of having a phone where you can sure. actually make purchases. Yeah. while you're lying in bed before you go to sleep, you can that's, do anything. That's dangerous. Yeah, like why not feel that? Yeah, you're like oh, I just bought that. And oh, then, and I just then, bought that. And then, yeah. like later, the box turns up. And it's you're Christmas. Like, what, what's what's yeah. this? Happy Hanukkah. <laughs> I have no memory yeah. of this, but it just cost th- me a lot of money. Wait, there's three boxes. <laughs> when you open it up and like, oh shit, this is that. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's dangerous. I do think. Do you live here? I do. I you do. do. I grew up here. I know, I know, but I thought you might live in New York. I thought, like, I don't yeah. know why I thought maybe, I, like, if you lived here, I'd run into you somehow. But I like, what part of town? Do you ever run into anyone in Los Angeles? No. No. It's so rare. It's like, 
it's it seems supernatural when you run into someone yeah. in Los Angeles. It's not built that way. It's not. It's like, oh my god! Yeah. I mean, you, you stand <laughs> yeah, there, yeah, kind yeah. of like right here, breathing and like yeah, yeah. over. You're so you can't even believe it. It's right. such an amazing yeah. event. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, yeah, because you'll see somebody at events or dinner parties where you expect to see them. Oh, yeah, there's that guy in a suit, you know. But but like if you're just at Gelson's or something, that's what I'm talking yeah, about. That's just, like in New York, it happens every three you minutes. You can't you can't avoid people. No. Your whole life is swirling around you at all times. Yeah, yeah. And they're everyone you know and everyone whose name you can't remember. But in Los Angeles, <laughs> it never happens. So when it does, it's yeah. extraordinary. So right. Yeah, and I'm not surprised that we've never run into each other. Right. I guess I'm not either. But. But like it, it, when it happens here, you kind of got to circle a couple times. Like, is that? I don't know. <laughs> I haven't seen them in a long time. <laughs> they can look totally different. And then you're like, oh, hey. Yeah, it just it just actually happened the other day. Who'd you see? Anyone I know? Well, I was with my son at a play at the Actors Gang. They do these great like Shakespeare plays for kids. So it's like Transformers right. or whatever, but to Midsummer Night's Dream. Oh, really? And it's free, and yeah. it's great. Yeah. So we go every year. Yeah. And there was a little girl in back of us, Poppy, yeah. who said Romer. And so it was the same thing. Like, she recognized Romer from preschool. And now oh. they're about to enter second grade. So that's kind of a big deal at that age, you sure. know? Um, and I was so impressed by that. <laughs> by the kid? <laughs> by the kids recognizing each other. There was something so... Sweet. Touching and sweet, uh, and, you know. Yeah. Does the kid get Shakespeare? How old is how old is Well, they make it so that the kids get it. Yeah, that's what's so great about it. So Romer's he's a lot name? of Romer, yeah. So he's he's 7, but we've been going since he was 3. Was he named after the director? Yeah, but it's pronounced differently, of course. Oh, how's it pronounced? How's the, In, the director's name yeah. would be pronounced a lot of people pronounce it Romer. Oh, is it Romer? But, you know, Amer- a lot of Americans pronounce it Romer. Yeah, yeah, I, the the four Americans that know him. Yes, exactly. mispronounced. So we are two of them. <laughs> yeah. Two of them right now. The- <laughs> it's happening in real time. <laughs> now, that's amazing. Yeah. So now, like, I no one ever turned me on to Shakespeare. Did anyone turn you on to Shakespeare at seven? Um, well, I don't know the year that Romeo and Juliet came out. Uh-huh. Oh, the movie? Yeah. Can with, you look with, it up? With DiCaprio? No. The other one, Bertolucci's or Bertolini's or Bert... Bert you better look it up. I'm going to mispronounce a bunch but of But anyway, it was names. beautiful. Yeah. And I was yeah. young, but not that young. And I saw it with my older sister. And, and she even had the poster oh, yeah, from yeah. that movie. I kind of remember the poster. In her alcove in her room. It was an Italian director, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm Bertolucci. Yeah, It would make sense. It was so beautiful. Yeah, it was. It, I, I, didn't, I mean, I was a kid, so you, you know, I can be forgiven for not remembering. Yeah. Right. I, you know, it's weird. I think I only remember the poster. <laughs> poster was beautiful. And the score was right. beautiful. Oh, that's that sad. A time for us, right? Oh, my God. Am I right? I, how does it go? Oh, God. Oh, wait, if you wait. have me singing, it's going to be really bad. Um, no, it's a like, time for That's exactly. Wouldn't it be great if we were remembering the wrong song for the right movie? Or, you know what I'm trying to say. But I do believe that was the song. Oh, my. It, that song is like the melody of that thing is yeah, so, so sad. sad. I wonder if we watched that movie oh. if it would hold up. Wow. What Zeffirelli. Zeffirelli, yes, exactly. I, I don't even know any of his other work, but now I, I, Zeffirelli. That that song, the reason why it creeps me out, it doesn't creep me out. It makes me really sad. Mm-hmm. Do you want to know? Yeah, sure. It's a weird story. Like, 
One, well, my when I was really young, my parents went on vacations, but I, you know, I was a neurotic kid, and I always thought they would die in a plane crash whenever oh. they went on a vacation, and I just assumed that they would die whenever they left. And we were being babysat by this woman who usually cleaned the house. And we went to her daughter's place. And uh, like, it, I don't know, they were, it was a Filipino household. Doesn't really matter. But someone sat down at the piano and played that. And I'm like, oh, my parents are going to die. die. <laughs> that is really sad. Ugh. But they didn't die, right? No, they didn't. That would make it a much better story. Yeah, but a much more sad story. Yeah, yeah. And I, was, I, I didn't want to. I just realized. Wouldn't even say I didn't it. want to be inappropriate because your your dad did pass away. But and, not for that song. No, and but that in, song had nothing in to do with it. Tragic way. Yeah, no. yeah. I know. I know. I know. It was one of those moments where I'm like, I'm being glib about. Oh, just, no, don't worry about it. I'm gonna be all right. You're all right. <laughs> <laughs> did you ever do Shakespeare? No, I I, I never will. Really? I can't. I can't. But they have they have kind of. I can't do it. Okay. Let's just leave it. <laughs> have you tried? I I don't want to try. I I know it's not. I know I love to watch Shakespeare performed brilliantly, but that for how not. long though? Really? For like a, the whole time? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, it's just it's not. It's just not my. I can't. I can't. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The verse. It's hard sure. for me. Yeah. I can't. I can't read it. I, I try very hard to pay attention while it's happening in front of the me. The stories are great. Think of how many. Yeah, I mean, the greatest. Them up, tighten them up. <laughs> the greatest stories and themes. And yeah. I mean, we've been using them forever and ever and ever, retelling them in so many ways. Yeah. And just using them in life as sure. allegories for things that happen in our own lives. Yeah. I'm, yeah, it's um, nice when it's re a reference or a quote. Then I can handle Shakespeare. I can't handle the quote. No. <laughs> I can't. I just, I've, I've been taught about Shakespeare by great Shakespearean actors right there where you're sitting. Like Ian McKellen did Shakespeare for me right there to my face, and it made sense. Right, a great actor. I mean, Kevin yeah. Klein doing Shakespeare makes sense. Right, but everybody else sounds like they're you know doing this weird yeah. rhythmic thing, and I don't even understand what they're saying. And that I mean that happens a lot. It's very hard to stay engaged. But there are there are a few people that do it, and they do it so beautifully. Like one of the first plays I, my yeah. mom ever took me to was a Midsummer Night's Dream. And you liked it. You yeah. loved it. People dancing around, dresses. It was great. And yeah. they had the, it was, um, you know, the great theater director whose name I'm forgetting. Oh, I'm forgetting everything. Do, I am do you, too. Good. So we have that in common. Yeah. I, I think we're contemporaries. I, don't, I guess it's <laughs> I guess it's starting to happen. <laughs> it's the early onset. <laughs> yeah. I hope, something. I hope it's early. Uh, well, that's what I was wondering with you. Like, like how, like when you do films, how much do you remember doing them? Do you, I mean, do you, do you know what I mean? <laughs> I remember, like, I, I, I've always had a really poor memory. Oh, really? Yeah. But you get, how are you with lines? Oh, that's no problem. It's weird, right? That's just part of my body. It's like not, yeah, yeah. it's nothing I've ever had to consciously learn. Yeah. I just, just some kind it. of osmosis. I read the script so many times that it becomes osmosis in a certain way. I just sort of. You do when you prepare? You go. That's how I, that's how I learn it. That's how I get to know it inside and out and it just makes it so easy because then you're never thinking about you can never be thinking about your lines yeah or you'll never inhabit them yeah i need that let's do acting class i need it <laughs> all right because i, I well, do you I'm, want to know I well will be your teacher for that'd be great 10 minutes um do you want to act i have been i'm 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 in the new netflix show glow i did all 10 of them oh cool about the wow. women wrestlers and how was like, that for you it's great and i did four seasons of my own show on ifc but i i wasn't trained actor i'm a comedian but I knew that, like, I could do it. Uh -huh. You know, I've done a little here and there. I've done some stuff with Swanberg too. I did his series Easy. You know, Joe. Uh huh. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. 
great guy. Yeah. Good director. Very good. So I've been doing acting, okay? But now I'm going into a second season of Glow. The character, I got the character, I know the guy, and I think I did a good job this first time, But and people seem to think I did a good job, but I want to go deeper. So like, if I feel like, when I watch myself act, between me and you, mm-hmm. Like, I know I'm doing a good job, but in between the lines, and I know the I'm, I'm dressed up as the character, I am in the character, but inhabiting it so there is some, in between the lines, when I'm just sitting there, I, I don't always think I, I'm the guy. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it, it's That's not- That's not a good feeling. Right. It's not that I'm sitting there going, like, I'm just, do, I'm just jerking this off, you know, I'm, not, I'm just play, I'm just acting here. I don't feel that in the moment, but there's something about being in the body, about that inhabiting thing- where I guess it's just a lack of, a complete lack of self-consciousness that you have to learn as a skill mm-hmm. because you're just doing it in five-minute chunks or whatever. Because there's that high cut, and then you're back out and just staying in. Do you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, because I watched, uh, before, I watched a new movie. Uh-huh. Oh, Good Time. It was great. It's a great movie. It's a great movie. It's just raw and crazy. And there's so much, you empathize for all of them. I know. The energy is so crazy good it's in cra- it. It's crazy. And crazy. And crazy. And you really have no idea where it's going. Never. I mean, those guys are really brilliant. Who, the actors? Ben and Josh Safdie, no. The directors. Oh, they did it. Uh, there's two of and them? And Benny's in the movie. He Wait. plays the brother. Oh, my God. He's one of the directors. That and he is completely transformed in that movie. I, at first, I didn't even recognize him. Yeah. And Patterson is incredible. He's really good. Yeah. And who plays the and other Buddy guy? Buddy Duress. Like, he's amazing, right? What's his last name? Duress. What's he from? Um, he's he's done some other movies with the Zafties. I don't know the Zafties' other work, and I don't oh, know. Oh, you and should. I, you would love it. You would love it. Oh, what are they? They're incredible. Daddy Long Legs uh-huh. and Heaven Knows What. Oh, good. Okay. I got to check them out. I didn't do a lot of back research. You know, they sent Good them. Good for movie. you. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know anything about the movie. You have a free summer, isn't that part of your job? <laughs> no, I'm relaxing. <laughs> I watched the movie, Jennifer. <laughs> I watched a movie. What do you okay, want from that's me? Good, that's what you, good. I, I, I could have come in here and that's be like, true. Andy look, I'm channel not. surfed and saw some some of that. Yeah, fast times. <laughs> you got it down. I'm all down. I, I get beginning and the that's end good. here. Yeah, I, I'm I, impressed. I, now you just got to fill in the center. <laughs> okay. It's easy. Like, <laughs> okay. What? But no, think about it though. I came to that movie not knowing the director, not knowing it was a con, not knowing you know how big your part is, not knowing anything about. It. I didn't even know who Pattinson was. You know, when someone goes, like, someone said, like, how do you do in this? I was wondering if he really act. I'm like, what else has he been in? And they're like, Twilight? Is that it? Like, one of the vampire things? I'm like, I would not know that. How the fuck would I know that? Right. So, so like, I, everyone was new to me. That's except, so great. Except That's for so you. Great. Right. And, like, you know, I had no idea what the movie was about. And I turned it on and it just opens with the Zafty brother oh, of him in the therapist's office. And, and how like, great was that therapist, by the way? Great. Great. Was he an old actor? There was a lot of no, old character a, actors a, in there. I think he's a lawyer in real life. Really? Yeah. But so compassionate and so good. And so the thing about working with people that are non-actors is yeah. if they're well cast, they're so good. Like the bail bondsman and his wife. were. They're, <laughs> he was great. They're real. <laughs> they're real bail bonds? <laughs> yeah. That's their place. <laughs> no kidding. Yes. They're in their operation of business and that's what they do. Oh, my God. So they're so good that, you know, you've got to be like, it's a risk, but if it works, it's good. If it works, it's... Well, also, it makes, like, the actors have to really... You really have to be in it, and not, otherwise you look like you're overacting. Yeah. Well, I noticed that there was an energy to it. There was a rawness to everything. And the violence in it. I don't know how Oof. they did that. The movie was made on a, you know, shoestring budget. Yeah. 
And those punches, when they land, it hurts your stomach. I mean, you feel yeah. it. It's yeah. like watching Raging Bull, but like on, right. you know, in the in the sense of being in that moment and feeling so yeah. Visceral. absolutely real and visceral. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm happy that you had such a good experience. And I did. It's such I did. a great movie. But your part, this okay, we can we could learn some acting from that part. Because, I mean, it's not a huge part, but, for, you know, within seconds, you're not entirely sure of who that woman is. But, like, then you realize, like, you kind of do know who that woman is. How do you prepare for something like that? You read the script over and over again? Well, no, here's what they did, which is really interesting and which, you know... Quentin Tarantino also does, which yeah. they wrote a whole backstory for the character. You like that? I love it, yeah. Because mm. if they don't do it, I have to do it. <laughs> so it's nice to sort of, and when I'm doing it, I'm just creating it off of the script and my own imagination. Right. Um, and maybe some research. Uh-huh. You know, research I've done or whatever. Uh-huh. But when it comes from the director, this is really what they want. And right. So they had an entire backstory for this character. They had image, images um, for this character. Uh-huh. And... Um, well, how... Okay, so, like, we, I don't think that would be any any spoilers. Like, what was some of the backstory that you locked into? Well, just the difficulty of living with her mother, her mental illness, the medication she's on, uh-huh. how she first met Connie at a drugstore. Oh, okay. Um, oh, wow. So they wrote a whole novel behind yeah, this thing. Yeah. yeah, literally. It was like 10 yeah. pages long. And, oh, wow. Um, how, you know, that what their dating was like and uh-huh. how the mother never liked him and, you know. And what do you do with that information? Like, I was giving backstory on my character and I, I took it in, but like, I was like, I don't know that I used it. You consciously use it. You consciously integrate. You you take. I yeah. I think so. I try yeah, to. It's yeah. like if they gave me a list of you know um, prescriptions she was on. I you read about know. each one. Right. Okay. So they gave me the name, and then I do the research on that. And right. Like, you know. Oh, I see. So like, and if somebody asks you about like, so what's your relationship like with your mother? You'd be able to answer it fairly specifically. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. So yeah, the thing to do, I would say, if you if <laughs> sounds really silly, what? me giving you like any, what are you but I would about? no, just like if you're in a scene, yeah, and you're feeling sort of out of body, right, is to get back into your body by sure. something, even if it's just scratching your arm. Sure, it's going to give you a physical sensation that right. is real that grounds you. Right, right. Get at, get in the present. Yeah, I, I can I can do that, but for some reason, I always think that there's some like there's some. Uh, there's some trick that's going to make me just have this guy's memories. You know, like just- Well, yeah, if you keep a journal, like the first thing my mother um, instilled in me was, you know, a love of research. But also she said for every character I did, and this is like when I was doing plays at school. Yeah. To keep a journal for the character. What were some of her movies? She wrote Georgia. Oh, that's a good movie. Yeah. She was a great writer. She um, she wrote uh, Pollock, Jackson Pollock. Oh, yeah, movie. yeah, yeah. With uh, Who played Pollock again? Ed Harris. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, and he directed it. He was amazing. Um, oh, that's, yeah, that's great. She wrote The Company for Altman. You got to work with him. Mm-hmm. So what was he like as a director? Oh, fantastic. I mean, like, because I love that movie. I, I love uh, Shortcuts. I'm one of the few people that thinks it's like, um, I've always thought it was a celebration of life. <laughs> <laughs> you are one of the few that think that. Um, I don't know why. Maybe it's because I'm, uh, you know, I'm a, 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 a depressive or an anxious person, but I thought you it was. You felt a, right at home. Yeah, I just felt These like, are my people. I felt like it was honest, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I get that. Um, I understand. Yeah. No, he was really mischievous and fun, and he felt that a script was sort of um, 
a skeleton, like uh-huh. an outline. Yeah. And that the our job was to flesh it out. Right. So, so there, there was, was imp- a lot of improvisation really? development and he loved everyone to come to dailies afterwards. I've heard that from somebody else about him. Right. In, in fact, if you didn't show up at dailies, it was not a good thing. Really? Yeah. So he really wanted you there. And then you showed up and there was wine and pizza and salad. And, you know, it was like this big uh, familial gathering with the crew and everybody, you know, watching the work you did the yeah. night before. So it was like watching really well done home movies in a way. With, yeah, yeah. You know, and, and you got to share together all that work that you had just done and was it that whole cast or just like on any given day it would no, just be you would the- like the whole cast to come whether wow. you're in the scenes or not no kidding yeah that's a lot of people it is for that i movie. mean and sometimes people couldn't show up for you know various reasons but if you were in town it was good to show up and this, sometimes they would be three hours long so you really you really grew up in this i did business. it just seemed like that's what people do when they grow up you know right why not why are, your, not? are your parents friends were actors? I mean, a lot of them were, sure. And writers and whatnot? Yeah, yeah. Just, and you grew yeah. up where? Beverly Hills or the know, Valley? Hollywood. Hollywood. Wow. And like, in, and your dad was sort of like in the business. Both of them, it seems, were in the business from the 50s. Like yeah. Like way back. Yeah. So you, uh, and that must have been amazing. Yeah. Do you look at it in retrospect as being amazing? I do, but not as a, as a child. It was just your life. You right, know? I get that. I get that. But it you was must just have... nor- it was just normalcy. I mean, it wasn't anything special or extraordinary. But you knew they were charismatic, fun people. Oh, I I mean, who was hanging around when you were growing up as a kid? I mean, not well, like uh Bob Denver came to over for dinner, Gilligan? which was Gilligan, which uh-huh. was a big deal for me and my <laughs> older sister because it was like Gilligan was in our house, you know. Um uh, And he knew your dad or who? Or your mom? Uh he knew my mom uh-huh. and my stepdad. They uh-huh. di- my mom and my father, they divorced when I was 2. Oh, okay. So um, it was mostly your mom's friends that you saw? Yeah. Uh-huh. Bob Denver. Yeah. And how'd she know him? Just from TV? I have no back idea. It might have been my stepdad, who was a director, who who knew um, Bob Denver. He was a TV director? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, um, and like, yeah, like I got to go on the set of The Mod Squad when I was a kid. Can you imagine? That was pretty cool. Peggy Lipton. That was and groovy. The, and that crew. Yeah. That must have been really groovy. Yeah, it was. But also just like going on a set and seeing like, oh, this is the living room. And then you walk around and it's just a I love a that flat. part of it. It's, incre- it. it's still to me to this yeah, day. I love it. I love the magic of something looking so real and it just being like made of paper. Yeah. That, or, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, it's beautiful. It's amazing. That, that feeling of being backstage, because that, that's like really what show business is. Like if you do The Tonight Show or I do a stand-up show or you're doing a play, when you're just back there with the guy holding the rope right, or whatever, right. you're like, this is great. Now we're going to go do the magic thing. Right. It's and pretty it, cool. It's really cool, especially if it's a big production. Like, you know, back when uh, Conan was at NBC, sometimes like they do, I, they, they were walking a horse through the hallway, like, and you're like, oh, show business. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. So when did you start acting? Like when you were two? No, I, um, I was, I mean, my parents did a, well, my mom and my stepdad did a movie yeah. in Berlin and I was an extra in that. In Berlin. So you did a lot of world traveling as a youth. Yes. Yes, I did. And um, not a lot, but we were in Berlin for a while. We were in London for a while. I guess that's not that much. Um, Berlin, but that was like Berlin pre-wall. Oh, yeah. And so it was intense. We went to East Berlin. They confiscated uh, my comic books. They did? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I did not get those back. 
Do you want to write a letter? Maybe you can <laughs> get them back pursue. now. Yeah, yeah. I think they're gone. <laughs> yeah, I think it's so. over. Yeah. What, what, do you remember what comic books they were? No, but they were kind of. Um, they weren't Archies because yeah. they, at the American bookstore yeah. they didn't have Archies, but it was kind of like the Archies. There was something like a little bit like romantic. Right, and they took them. They took them. The commies. <laughs> commies got your comics. They, they took my comics, yeah. Mm-hmm. I hope someone enjoyed them. It's like when you go through the airport now and they take your creams and stuff. Or your you lighter. Go through Heathrow. Yeah. yeah. You're just like, really? Somebody and then those? they throw them away. And you're like, at least keep them. At least give them give to them. someone. They're really nice. They're, yeah. they're good. They're good creams. They're like, good don't, cr- and they're just like right into the trash. Yeah. And they give you that option. You can go put it in your baggage and check it. I'm like, oh, I don't check cool. anything. I can't stand checking anything. I don't check anything. Never? Mm-hmm. Never. I try my best not to. What's your trick? I mean, what if you're going away for like four weeks? I've gone away for three months. I do not check. But you do laundry. Yes, I will do laundry. I will ship things. I oh, will ship things. Yes, of course. If, if if need be, I will yeah. ship. Yes. I, I what I do is I use a duffel bag. It's my trick. I got an extra large duffel bag. And you can't take that on board. No, you can. You can because it's a duffel bag. It's just a duffel bag, right? So it's like I have a, a large like Filson duffel bag, and no matter how much stuff I have, like if I go away for a month, I got to pack a lot of shit. So I'll pack it up, and it's huge. But with a duffel bag, you can kind of hide it behind your oh, back. Oh, oh. So you kind of they like don't you... make you put it in that little thing. Not, right? not, not if you like hold eye contact and just sort of. <laughs> oh, you've got some tricks. Well, maybe you should use some of those in your act. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing it. Okay. Like, okay. Where I'm just sort of like, it's just casual. Like I've got a like 150 pound Man, thing on my back. You need a secret. Back. You need a secret when you're acting. Yeah. Is that that's a, good. That's is a, that a tool? That's a good trick. Yeah. Okay. That's what does that a mean? Good trick. What is it? How just does like that what work? you're. Just like what you did. Oh. Okay. Okay. Just something that you don't want anyone else to know about that keeps your mind on that. Okay. You know, while yeah. while you're doing the scene, just another extra thing, or like, did Maybe I leave the them. oven on? Right. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Like it doesn't have anything. It doesn't have to have anything to do with the scene. Just with your character, and just with your. Some you're kind of thinking about something else. Yeah, like in this case, you're thinking about: Are they going to realize that my duffel is too way big. too big? Yeah, it's not going to fit overhead, and I'm not going to be able right. to shove it under the seat. Do the thing where you take the blanket out and you you try to hide your what? luggage under the blanket. Mm-mm. Have you done that on no, the plane? No, no. Wait, oh, is that? Oh, is, no, I don't know that one. That's you know how they always want you to put everything overhead, right? But sometimes you don't want to put it overhead. So you so you just wedge the blanket there. I just put a blanket over my lap so it looks like, and then I oh yeah. And so I you, hide it. Oh, good for you. On the floor. Yeah. No, I haven't done that one, but usually I can get it through because I know it'll fit in the thing because I can. It's soft. Right. So you just kind of wedge it up there. Where'd yeah. you? Who's? Where'd you start learning how to act? Um. Well, I, I my mom actually wouldn't let, didn't want me. I I loved acting all the time because I was a shy kid, so it was a way for me to come out of myself and yeah. make friends yeah. and because when you're a kid, acting is just playing house, really. Right. Right. Um. So. Yeah, when I was a kid, it was like, you know, let's you play divorce, you know. <laughs> I'm serious because it was the like '60s, so everybody's parents were <laughs> getting divorced. They so it'd still be like, do. I'll be married to you, and then later we'll get divorced, and then <laughs> that was the way. That was yeah. part of the game, the, yeah. the the playing house bit. Yeah, that was all part of it. And I'll divorce you, and I'm going to marry him, and yeah. then I'll marry. Uh, that's, yeah, that's cute, but sad. Yeah, it's life. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we didn't think it was sad. No, that's what's so funny about it. It's like because it happened when you were young. Yeah, because it happened when we were young, and it's just like the way things, you know. Everybody, well, it was happening to everybody. Not everybody, but a lot of people. And how many siblings do you have? 
Um, well, my older sister just passed away in December. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, and I have a younger sister, Mina. Oh, that's okay. We're very close. Oh, that's sweet. So you didn't like so, but your mother did she teach you how to act? Did you like? Did you must have schooled somewhat? No, it, never. I, yeah, I did. I um, I mean, I went to like um, Lee Strasberg had a summer program in Los Angeles, which I at the Lee Strasberg Institute. Was he there? No, he oh. didn't actually teach me. Um, but I I took classes there. John Len was a teacher I studied with for years. Um, I've heard by, his name before. He was a great teacher. Yeah. He just thought, like, we all have so many characters within uh -huh. us, and, and the only difference is the behavior. So uh. he was very much about behavior for the characters. What does that mean exactly in your mind? So we all have characters within us. It's just a behavior. Well, how would you describe behavior? What someone does physically, yeah, right? right? Yeah, 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 exactly. Behavior physically and, and I guess... And what they actually do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that could be talking, could be anything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's and it's actually anything, but it's anything that changes you. Oh, I get it. So you're just and sort of And it makes you become more the character. So some characters may use their hands very expressively. Like yeah. maybe someone who does a lot of speed or something, you know, might... Sure. Or you choose not to use your hands. Or, you, or someone might be very, very still. Yeah. So, you know, you make choices around the behavior. Yeah. But the characters, and that—that's that, how you find the characters through the behavior. Well, that's yeah, I did that. So good, check. Check, you're done. You're on. I'm good. fucking on top. Now of you it. got the secret thing. Yeah, the secret thing, the behavior Physical thing. thing. You're yeah. done. You're, you're yeah. good. Yeah. What, what else do I need? The journal. Oh, the that's journal. work. That's we didn't, I didn't. We, I didn't know if we followed through with that. What do you mean about journaling? You mean it? you write like every you write as much as you can about the character and early memories that have you know maybe you reference your father in one of your scenes right 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 but right now when you're referencing your father you might just be referencing your own father or you might not be thinking about anything that's right that's the bigger problem like I, you, you, <laughs> nothing you're just thinking of I'm saying just in it. remembering to say father and whatever the rest of the line is well i mean i can i can but i can attach emotion to it i don't have like i can look at a script and i can know where the emotions are and feel those things but like some part of me goes like if I really want to take this to the next level or have a different experience with it, I should not just have the emotions and the words, but they should connect. Well, you shouldn't be directing yourself in a certain way. You no, should just yeah. be alive. So the idea is the idea of writing a journal is to write, let's say, three or four memories of, of your guy. dad. Okay. When you were little. Uh, so even if of you're the not, character or me of the character. Yeah, dig it. And you can make them up, and they might overlap with some of your own actual experiences if you want, or maybe not doesn't wow. really matter you're not sharing it with anyone it's your mm -hmm. secret and then when you talk about your dad in the scene even if you're not consciously thinking about it because you, you wrote those memories down right it's going to come through in a more realized way you did the ritual yeah so now the magic happens hopefully yeah that's right could end in divorce yeah <laughs> they could just say we're not bringing them back you know yeah that's right yeah <laughs> Well, so you, how many, you just did the Hateful Eight with Quentin, or you done other ones? I can't No, remember. I just did the only, that's the only one I've done. Yeah, and that, those scenes like that, because it was like a play. I mean, you're on that set, that one yeah. set. Yeah, and talk about the magic of a set. I mean, that place, Minnie's Haberdashery was built in um, Telluride. Uh-huh. And then it was rebuilt on Red Studios, at Red Studios. So... It was very surreal for the actors to be working in Telluride and going in and out of the The space. exteriors? Interior and exterior, both. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And then in L.A., interior and exterior, both, but on a soundstage. So the, you know, the outhouse it was 
only, you know, in Telluride, it was, you know, six feet tall by like three feet wide yeah. or four feet wide. No, three feet, I guess. But on the Stown stage, it was like two and a half feet tall because it was a forest perspective, you know. Oh, wow. So from far away in the distance, you just saw the snow and the outhouse and it looked exactly the same. But when you walked up to it, it came up to your waist. That's crazy. Yeah. I've never, I've never seen, have you seen that before on a set? I've never seen what a set of, well, how would I, I don't do any movies. Yeah, so. I've seen it because yeah. they, they do forced perspective a lot, like on um, Single White Female. Uh-huh. That entire apartment was recreated on a soundstage. Oh my God. So you weren't. It, so the hallways would be, you know, from here to there, but they would look like they went on forever. No kidding. Yeah. I didn't even know that existed. Yeah, it's incredible. Oh my God. Yeah, stop and, talking about the talk shows, like movies have incredible. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. Stop no, I know. Well, I mean, like, um, my experience is limited. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, I've done maybe two movies for two seconds. Right. I was in Almost Famous for a minute or two. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. And I was in, uh, and I went down and did the opening scene for, I think, Mike and Dave need wedding dates for some reason. I flew that's it. hilarious. But it was in a bar. There was no mm-hmm. soundstage. There was right, no right, 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 right. It was real. I love working on on sound stages. Well, it sounds like, that, the, yeah, well, you've done some real stuff. That's exciting. But what, like, those scenes, like, that character is such a, a messy, horrible, angry character in that one, in Hateful Eight. Oh. Yeah, just like, nah. She's going to, you know, she's about great. to be hanged. So yeah, she's I loved not it. in the best movie. <laughs> no, I know. I loved it. I, I, loved, I loved it, it too. I, I mean, I, I love that movie. I like his movies, generally speaking. Me and too. I, know, I don't ever find the controversy that everyone finds in it. And I'm like, would you guys just, like, take it in? This is a fucking beautiful mess, man. Yeah. That guy, what's the guy, Goggin? Walton Goggins, incredible, right? He is, isn't he? So, yeah, he's an amazing, amazing guy, and, and he, a, such a great actor. He and can do really anything. It seems yeah. like and Samuel Jackson. Oh my God! I, we still like. I just got a text from him. Like we still text each other all the time too. Oh yeah, yeah. Is he a solid dude? Yeah. So okay, so you start acting, and you do you just go to camp, the Strasbourg camp, and you work with uh, what's that guy's name? And John Lennon. John Lennon, and then do you stay? engaged with uh learning with people or do you just at some point just do it well i mean i know you yes always know i mean you're always learning right also because i'm always doing or you know as as each thing necessitates right. research right um but yeah at a certain point i just started working and yeah and you know there's less time to sort of go to classes i think right. I, I i worked with john len for a while in his classes and then um, and then I worked privately a little bit, and then I just just was by you know. At some point, thing. did you feel like you're being you know, there was a, a, tr- uh, a there might be an issue with being typecast as like kind of nutty, uh, you know, a little scary person um, emotionally? No, for a while there was like the fear of like being typecast as prostitutes or things like that, you know. Um, After what last exit to Brooklyn? There was last exit Miami Blues. Oh, Miami Blues. I'm trying to think. uh, The big picture. Oh yeah. Are you thinking, or do you have my IMDb page? Well, I don't. Obviously, I'm not remembering every fucking movie you're doing. Like you know, out of nowhere, yeah. like my memory just works like, wow, for your, big enti- picture. your, your entire film- filmography. That would, yeah. be, that would be very impressive. Well, I just want to make sure I know, because I've seen a lot of your movies. Right. You know, and um, I just want to be reminded of them. The Coen brothers. All right, let's talk about working with directors, because that, that's my dream. Here's my dream. Uh, you mm-hmm. want to hear my dream? Mm-hmm. So I've done this TV show. Like, I don't like, I, I, you know, I don't need to, I don't need to be a big actor. You know, and I, I, I'm okay as a comic, and I do well, and I do well with this. But I, I just want one or two scenes in a really good movie. 
Okay. And, I, and I'm kind of like, the Coen brothers, I'd like to work with them. So what's it like working with them? Because maybe good. I don't want to work no, with them. No, 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 you do. You okay. do. You definitely do. <laughs> they're really fun. And they're they're very low-key. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Just kind of hanging out? I was like, I think that was good. Yeah, that was good. Okay, we got that. We can yeah very um and they'll laugh if they think something's funny okay. um but they'll be like yeah that was funny yeah they're very <laughs> very dry um <laughs> yeah i just, love them they're just both they're great there? guys uh well ethan likes to pace joel stan they don't they're not sitters uh-huh they're not they're not and like I, lazy sitters like because i think there's this mythology of actors sort of guiding of directors guiding actors it really depends acting. i don't know Does it? that's not that's not necessarily true but it's like 50 50 ish I mean, some some directors feel that the biggest, uh, one of the most important challenges of their job is to cast correctly, uh-huh. and then you kind of half of your work is done and you can sit back. Other directors really love crafting the performance with the actor, uh-huh. and so every director is different, and there's no you know better, worse, good, bad, whatever. I mean, it's. Um, well, I imagine the Coens are pretty meticulous with framing and blocking, and like because everything is very tight. Like I was not good at at a certain point. I have to slap Tim Robbins. Oh yeah. This is my big rem- memory from that shoot. Which one? Um, oh, from Hudsucker, Hudsucker Project. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I was not great. This looks like I didn't want to hurt him. And so Joel came up and he was just like, "Do it to me, just, just." And that was even harder for me. And 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 so I kept having to like slap Joel Cohen's face. Yeah. Until I got it like right. And then it was when it turned like just a little pink. Then he was like, "That that was good." Okay. And so. <laughs> Yeah, and 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 Tim is like nine feet tall. Yeah, he's much taller than so, I am. So that's a reach. Did you have to stand on a box to slap him? Uh, n- maybe I did. <laughs> I don't remember the box, but that would not be surprising. He's very tall. Yeah, and like there's another movie that I was going through your things that because I the one uh, I read that book, Bastard Out of Carolina, mm-hmm. and that book like like destroyed me. Yeah. And then I remembered seeing the movie, and like I didn't realize that Angelica Houston directed it. Right. So that must have been yeah, amazing to work with her. I don't know if she directed a lot. Was that her only directorial? I thing? think it was her first, uh-huh. but I don't know if it was her only. She's a good actress. Did, are you guys yeah, friends? Yeah, she's a wonderful actress. I mean, we don't see each other a lot, but when we see each other, it's always nice. So the two movies, how many did you do with your ex-husband? Two? Um, two... Or three. Margot the Wedding. Right. Greenberg. Yeah, were you guys still ones... married at Greenberg? Yes, we were. Oh. Yeah, yeah. That was shot in my mom's house. You did? Yeah. That's I you know, the, that's one of those movies there were parts of it where I'm like, I think this is a little too close to home for something. <laughs> <laughs> to you? Yeah, a little bit. It's like oh. it's not not completely, but right, like right. it's it's of our generation mm-hmm. and it's a particular type of guy. Right. And you know, you know those people. Yeah. Now, um could you work with him again or is that not no we're friends yeah. oh you are yeah, yeah, I guess yeah. you have to be when you have kids absolutely it, it behooves I mean, the, uh, the whole hugely, situation it's hugely important yeah let's talk about Charlie Kaufman okay in An- Animal An- Anomalisa Anomalisa which I thought was the greatest movie oh thank you me too I love it so much that character that you, you know, played she's so sweet oh my god I really love her and I love that he you know wrote that for me that's such a did he? Yeah, he did. That was sort of an incredible thing for me. Yeah. You know? Um, also because I grew up in a family of like people with beautiful voices. Yeah. Not only singing voices, but right. like speaking voices. My sisters and my mom and 
um, I always had kind of like the worst voice in the family. Uh-huh. And so to, and people would remark on that. I mean, I remember friends of my mom saying, if you want to make it as an actress, you really need to work on your voice. Really? Yeah. What was wrong with it? In their I don't know. I don't know. But it made me feel inferior and so slightly self-conscious. And I always thought, oh, I need to work on my voice. <laughs> but um, then to get this, which is all voice. Yeah. You know, and she's the voice that he thinks is magical and you know it brings him out of his depression yeah um and makes him feel that there's hope and yeah for a little while there's hope for love and all yeah yeah, for a little while yeah but you know a little while is a big deal in his life yeah um so it was really like personally very meaningful to me Uh um and i also just i love his writing so much and he's uh, he's just the kindest loveliest most genuine guy you know there's there, not a false he's never full of shit ever, yeah and ever, ever yeah and he's uh he's straightforward and, and kind of uh a genius he is a genius and i think like his imagination is like i mean you can't even wrap your head around i know it, i know? can't well that other movie you did with him i, I can't wrap my head around it yeah Synect- mean, how do you say it? synecdoche yeah Synect- i think you're you're almost there yeah synecdoche I, I think it's not schenectady is it is it Synecdoche? Maybe I mean, I'm wrong. Schenectady yeah. is an actual place, right? So it's close to it's that. It's close, but I couldn't. Like I remember seeing that movie, and about like nine hours in, I was like, <laughs> I don't think I'm getting it. It's okay. <laughs> Just let it wash over you. <laughs> You'd like talking to Charlie, though. I did. I, have... I did talk oh, to him. You did. Okay, so you For know real. he's incredible, right? There are moments in that movie, human moments that I've I've not seen done in real move in not real movies, but non animated. Like there are moments about what it is to be on the road, to live that life. Oh my god! Get... Just checking into a hotel and being in an elevator with a perfect stranger yeah. and having this that awkward because it feels like it's shot in real time. Yeah, and just all those awkward moments with strangers. Yeah. And, Oh, and that scene where he reaches out to his ex or to one of his exes, mm-hmm. just that, like, you know, that that world of being on the road as being an alternate lonely universe yeah, is a very real thing if you've lived that before. For for I don't even understand why. Like, if you go out of town and you stay at a hotel, even for two days, you're like, where am I? Yeah, there's that strange like, thing. I'm and there's so like, isolated. The thing that you want to put on the door. Yeah. And then there's a, do you want to order room service? Because if you do, then you have to deal with the whole interaction yeah. which is so awkward right and, and then the food's going to be in the room and the room's going to smell like and then food you have to, and then you got to put the food out the in the food hall out. i always do the food out in the hall myself yeah me too I, what, I, of course get yeah, it out but a lot of people you know that you can call and, and they'll take come get it? the tray out and then you got to deal with them again. i've had like doors close on me you know oh <laughs> <laughs> the hazards of room service <laughs> have that's you a rough life stuck in a hallway poorly dressed no, but I have I have had to not poorly dressed. I have had to go down and get my key again because I've got locked out of my room just bringing the room service out. Sure. So the whole thing of like saving time by yeah. doing it myself has ended up yeah a disaster. Yeah, mild disaster. Yeah, mild, too very horrible. very mild. Yeah, but when you do the like an animated thing like that kind of work, do you do the same process of building? Yeah, the character? I mean we did that originally as a play. Oh, that's right. I, I mean, radio it's a radio play. play. That's right. So I we sat remember. on. We did it at Royce Hall. We rehearsed in New York for a week, and then we came out to Los Angeles, and we did it at Royce Hall. And oddly, in that in that movie, unlike you know uh, non animated movies, somehow you were afforded a lot of backstory in that movie at at, at certain points. Like eventually, you know a lot about that woman. Yeah, yeah. You it's know, so beautifully written. It really. Oh my is. god! 
It's, it's really, just it's it was so heartbreaking. I mean, it's really funny, but it's also really heartbreaking. And it's like more human than some human movies. It is. It is. That's and like what the sex me. scene was more. Oh, um, real. Yeah. Yeah. Too, uh, it was much more real than a lot of the sex scenes I've done that, it, you know, <laughs> yeah, were, yeah. were entirely naked. I guess you have a little more freedom and leeway to make it. It feels more private when you're in like this dark room with just mics and a screen. You know, it's like we. Well, we didn't even have a screen. I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't animated yet. Like first, we recorded it and yeah. they filmed us recording it. Yeah. David Thewlis was standing six feet away from me yeah. to record the sex scene, and yet it felt much more intimate and embarrassing than a lot of sex scenes that I've shot on. Film. Because of the dialogue. I think because it's all your voice, so you can't really hide behind the kissing or the physicality. There's yeah, yeah. no, there's no way to hide, and so it felt very naked. Yeah, yeah, and but there, there, the, and the dialogue is the also awkwardness like, of so it. So awkward, yeah. It's so beautifully written that, yeah. It's it's like it's like that thing. That's like his. I mean, Charlie Kaufman's stuff is so well written. Like, I mean, really, if you just are open and you just say the words, yeah. you're going to be really good. Oh yeah, hey, I wish he did. Like, so I wish he was doing movies every year. I do too. I do too. I just love watching them. I just yeah. I love reading them. Like I, I mean, reading a screenplay that he's written, or like the same. Th- it's also similarly with the Coen Brothers or right. Quentin. Like to be able to actually read one of their screenplays is yeah. is a gift in itself. You right. Know? You're like, oh my god. It's so much fun. It's so exciting because you don't know where it's gonna go. Yeah. And what about with this new one? Well, with Good Time, I didn't even get the script. Like yeah. they sent me just the pages. Yeah. Just the the. Why scenes. do you think they did that? Why they do that? To, to protect I, the movie or just to no? I don't think you? it was. I think it was because they wanted they want an uninformed performance. They just wanted me to know what my character would know, right? And only know Connie through my eyes. So I don't know him. I don't know all the other things about him. I only know as he presents to me. And yeah. So that's why they just gave me the backstory and my scenes. That's smart. It is. It's really smart. Yeah. I mean, it's not like I. I mean. I'm an actress. I can handle like knowing <laughs> the full arc. Yeah. But there is something fun about when you're working with directors that you really admire and respect to just throwing yourself into the way they work. Yeah. Because it's going to bring out something different in you. Yeah. You know. Yeah, definitely. And that's exciting. Where do the Where do those guys come from? I think Queens, Manhattan. You know, they're New York guys. Yeah, totally. And I and the other brother, he didn't appear in it. No, Just, Josh. No. So what's going on now? You're just doing press for this, and are you shooting something? You're on a TV um, show, right? I I did a Netflix thing that's on right now, and I'm about to go to London. No, to this. We rehearsed in London like two weeks ago, and I'm about to go to. First, I'm going to go on a little vacation, then I'm going to go to the south of France. It sounds like a vacation, yeah, <laughs> but it's actually for um, this uh, Patrick Melrose thing I'm doing for Showtime. So. Oh, okay. Those books that I've been reading yeah, over yeah, and over yeah. and over again are... They're going to make them into a thing? Yeah. Oh, so that's good. It, there are five of them, so each one will be its own hour. And what are you doing in it? Are you acting? Are you directing? I am acting, you, yeah. Yeah? Edward Berger is um, directing. And like, I guess I should help out the Twin Peaks people. I mean, do you, I mean, do, you weren't, were you in the, you weren't in the first one. No, I was not in the original. So now you've do, you're working in that environment or you did, you did well, it I already. did, it's done, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, of course, and it's on. Like, I, I can't, like, I barely got through the first one. Right. <laughs> you know, the, like the original Twin Peaks. I was like, oh man, is this going to pay off? What's happening? Uh, I liked it. I thought right. I like him. Uh, oh, he's I, incredible, yeah. Yeah, I mean, what what is he? But uh, this, that, that was similar in that I only got... 
first of all, I just talked to him on the phone. And of course, if David Lynch calls you and says, do you want, you know, yeah. would you like to work with me? You'd say yes. Yeah, you know, of like, course. yeah, of course, I'm yeah. going to show up. I don't care how many episodes it is. I don't care how small yeah. the part is. I, like, yeah. I just want to. Small parts are sometimes good, though, aren't they? Yeah. Like if you really got a meaty small part. It's, it's like it doesn't fucking... even matter. You just want to have that experience yeah, of working yeah, yeah. with a director, you know? And what was it like working with It was fantastic. It was? I mean, it was really, we really shot in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of the night. And he is very open and very specific at the same time. Uh-huh. And um, uh-huh. there's just a sweetness to him. And then he's he's funny and lovely and odd. And yeah. I, I just really got a kick out of him. And at one point, like, and Tim Roth and I had just worked together on Hateful Eight. And right. We, you know, I didn't know he was going to be playing my husband, and suddenly he's playing my husband, and so it was great because we had we were so familiar with one another, and we loved each other so much, so it was so easy uh-huh. to take that on. And we already had our own backstory just because we had just worked together for six months. You sure. Know? So you had the emotional connection. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's um, great. And then Tim, I think, said like, "I'd like a scene with Jen. I'd like another scene with Jen. Like, let's have us another scene." And so, and I think he he had like a couple ideas. Uh huh. And um, yeah, and then he went and he wrote it. Oh, good. So, like, he let he wrote a scene for us, which was really, really sweet. He's another one of those guys that really can capture some sort of atmosphere. Like, they're they're Incredible, directors that yeah. like I don't. That's a real magical thing to have to be able to co- create an atmosphere. Yeah, I mean, he and he's specific. I mean, about I mean, talk about like props and atmosphere. Like, there was a stool, but it wasn't the stool that was in his mind. Oh, really? And so. You there had, was time taken to find the the correct stool. You know, I think he really has images. I mean, he's such a filmmaker and he's so visual. Like yeah. His movies are so visual. Like you can, when right. you think of his movies, you think of certain scenes, sure. right? And yeah. images from those scenes. Sure. And a lot of photographers have been inspired by his movies. And, right. you know, like right. Crutzen, you can imagine being inspired by David Lynch movies. Right. So, um, yeah. So if he has something in his mind and it's not right, he will take the time, even though this was a pressurized budget. It was, didn't. They didn't have a huge budget yeah, yeah. to make this, and it was right. very, you know, um, extravagant. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And ambitious. Yeah. To make on a low, a little budget, but or a smaller budget, and, and so yeah, it would take time out to get the stool right. Yeah. You know? Well, I could see that because like you know, like one of my favorite movies of his is the the tractor movie. The one where the guy's right. Dry, like, what's it called? The something mile. The okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember either. <laughs> Don't no, ask just, me the name of a, what. Just, what's just, that thing that sucks just, dirt off the floor? Don't ask just me that. Don't even hold on. I'm gonna I'm gonna do what we've been doing because we're just shameless about it. I guess uh, the straight story, but that when that when uh, Farnsworth comes up on Harry Dean Stanton's house mm-hmm. and you know and Harry Dean's just sitting out there, like you could tell that like that's meticulous. Yeah. That porch, whatever the hell's going on there, that that was exactly. Yeah, he's showing you exactly what he wants you to see. Right, and I think Wes Anderson's probably like that too. Yeah, like every goddamn frame looks like a uh, like a, a, a panorama, like a jewelry box. Like, yeah, it's yeah, exactly, like a diorama. Do you do a diorama? That's what I was looking for. Good. See, we work together. I know. Well, I'm telling you, between the, our two brains, yeah. we can figure it out. So stage, do it. No, I've like done it. it. Yeah, I love it. Sure. You do. It's a young man's game, but it's great. Oh yeah. Yeah. Why is that? It's really exhausting doing eight shows a week. Oh, yeah. It's really, really exhausting. And, you know, the hours are late and it's the adrenaline. Oh, yeah. Is insane. And you almost have to go into denial about how how terrifying it is. So you go into complete denial about it because if you actually experienced that adrenaline. Right. And the terror. Yeah. You would not be able to go out. 
So you have to kind of box it away. But when when it's done, when the show comes down, you're suddenly like, how the hell did I do that? Right. How did I? Right. And you're suddenly so tired. Right. You know, you really, and suddenly you don't have to get, you know, if the play asks for it, you don't have to get slapped Mm -hmm. every night. At a certain time. Right. And pretend it's not going to happen in your head so you're not anticipating it. You know, there's all these things. It's like at a certain time of day, um, I remember Jane Addams once said in describing like doing theater, at a certain time of day, your world goes crazy because it's just the same exact thing is going to happen. You know, it's just this. And I would describe it as like this. Every day you wake up and you think, oh, how lovely. I can wake up so late. And then there's this monster just waiting for you at the end of the day. And I mean, look, if it's the right play, like Cabaret, which I did, I had the best time doing. But still, at the end, I did not have to get slapped every night. And thrown down and onto singing? a couch. Yeah, and I was singing. Yeah. I mean, maybe not well, but I was singing and I was enjoying it. Um, <laughs> I, can't, I can't speak Dancing for the too. audience. Yeah, I really loved all of it. I had the best time. Oh, and out of that experience came like Anniversary Party. Which so, is your movie. Yeah, which is the movie Alan and I directed together and wrote together. And yeah. Are you going to do more of that? Um, you know, you never know. I'd like to. I think I would like to. I mean, I really enjoyed that experience. Um, so we'll see. How many kids you got? Just one. Oh. Okay, well, that's manageable. It is. Quite. (laughs) Good. Well, it was nice talking to you. Yeah, it was great talking to you. Thanks for coming, and thanks for helping me. Yeah, thanks for helping me. You're welcome. Okay, that's it. Go see that movie. I'm telling you, man. Go see Good Time. It'll fucking jack you up and move you, and you're not going to know what's happening ever during it. No way to call it. All right, so go to WTFPod.com if you want to get the new book, Waiting for the Punch, or get on the mailing list, or you know, uh, get into those archives of the other 800 episodes. Uh, what else? I got blues on the brain. Maybe I'll just pick up a guitar and play some stinky blues. Thank you.